I believe in Hashem, I trust Hashem, there never is a moment when that I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and I trust Hashem because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step perfectly planned. He's holding me tight so I'll be all right. I believe and I trust in Hashem. I made the bracha before. This week's Parsha, Tazria, is a very important one. It deals with someone who has a tsaras. A person who has a tsaras, a certain kind of rash on his skin, on his body, this person has to show it to a kayen and find out if it's a real tsaras. If the Kayan sees it and tells him he's Tame, that it's Saras, he has to quarantine and go away for seven days. And then he gets checked again and to see if he has to go away another seven days. And our Chachamim explained that Saras comes because of the sin of Lashon Hara. And one of the reasons why this is the result of speaking Lashon Hara, just like Lashon Hara, when you speak not nice things on a person, what does it do? It makes people separate from him. The people don't want to have to deal with this person whom you spoke about. So what does this do? Mitzayda also has to be separated. He goes away from everyone, goes away from his family, and stays outside, away from everyone. And that is, he has to stay a week or two because he spoke Lashon Hara. And the word for Mitzayda even shows us that. The word Mitzayda is like the words Moitzi Ra. Moitzi means he brings out Ra, the bad. Number one, he himself, he talks the bad, he says not good words. Number two, he brings out the bad from another Yid. How does he do that? Well, if a Yid, let's say, does something wrong, we're not perfect, we could make a mistake. We have a Yitzhah and we have a Yitzhah We have a lot of good in ourselves, and we have also some of the opposite. But sometimes, that which is not good in us is asleep. It's quiet. If someone else speaks about it, that wakes it up. It strengthens it. And that's why we have to be careful always to say good about Yidin. Because you know what happens? When you speak about, when you say good stuff about a Yid, it brings out his good. It strengthens the good. It's mighty taif. It brings out the good and he becomes better. That's why we should always speak good. And this is the whole idea of limud schus. Limud schus is to see a yid, see what he's doing, and try to find a good way to see him in a good light.
In other words, I'll give you an example. Let's say you're in shul and you see somebody walking over to the coats, puts his hand in someone's pocket and takes out a few dollars. So you can look at him and say, hey, why is he stealing? Or you could be Malamed Schus. You could say, no, 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 he's not stealing. He went to his own pocket. Or maybe there is an old man in the shul who asked him, can you do me a favor and go to my pocket and take out the money? I want to give tzedakah. In other words, how do you know this person really did bad? Maybe he meant well, maybe he did good. And sometimes people do things, they make a mistake, but they do it innocently. We shouldn't judge them. Our Chachamim say on the Pasuk, B'tzedek, Tishpoit es hamisecha. How should you be tishpoit? How should you judge another yid b'tzedek? Look at him like a tzaddik. We're always judging. Every step that we take in our life, we're always judging. You're always judging what's my next step, what's the next thing I'm doing. And we see people doing things, we naturally judge. And that's a part of our nature. But the Torah says, if you're going to judge, but judge favorably. Thinking good on a person. And when you see a person doing something, which in your eyes doesn't seem right, don't accuse him. Don't make fun of him. Maybe he has good intentions. For that, I want to tell you a story that happened in the times of the Arizal. A very, very special story with a tremendous lesson. The story was told by a great tzaddik, a big chacham, who was called Reb Moshe Chagiz. He wrote many svarim. He lived most of his life. He did not live, even though he was born in Yerushalayim, but he lived very far away. He lived in Germany most of his life. And he wrote many svarim. In one of the svarim, he tells the following amazing story of the Arizal. There was a Yid who was from the Anusim. The Anusim are those who ran away from Spain because of the Inquisition. And there were the, the Inquisition made a lot of tr trouble to the Yidden, killed out many Yidden. There were Yidden in Spain and Portugal. And he was one of the Anusim, they call him in English, Moranos. One of the Moranos from Portugal. Anybody know where is Portugal? If you make a, if you look on the map of the world and go from New York, make a stretch across the Atlantic Ocean, the first country you meet is Portugal. It's no. It's near Spain. It's France. Anyhow, don't think I know geography. I, before I tell a story, I like to know details, so I, I just ask Rabbi Google, and he tells me the answers. So I saw the map. Anyhow, so he came from Portugal as one of the Anusim. Now, the Anusim, what do they do? 
they did not want to convert to the Goyesha religion. But they also did not want to be killed. So they used to pretend that they converted. And then secretly, in the basement, in the cellars, they used to keep Torah mitzvahs. But since it was done secretly, after many years, they forgot a lot. They weren't learning Torah. And a lot of these Yidden ended up being very ignorant, not knowing any Torah. So this Yid, let's call him Shimon, came to Tzvas. He came to Tzvas in Eretz Yisrael, that's in the north of Israel. And he came to live there. He couldn't understand Tyre, he couldn't learn Tyra. But he used to go to Shul. And one of the Shuls was a Rav who would give a drasha and teach. He didn't understand much, but one day he came home very happy. Said to his wife, I never understood the Rav as much as I understood him today. I'll tell you what he said. <clears throat> he was telling us about the Beis HaMikdash and he was discussing about the Lechem HaPanim. The shulchan that they had, the golden table with the shelves. Every week, there were 12 loaves that were placed. And Shabbos, like we say in the Velakach the Soiles, after Musaf, they would set it up, take it off. The old ones give it to the Kayanim. The Kayanim would eat it and it would be fresh. You had a lot of kayanim, even if you got one little piece of it, was a miracle. Not only was, was it fresh, even though it's sitting a whole week on the shelf, they would taste even a little pit, pit, piece, and it was delicious, and they felt satisfied. And as the Rav was telling, suddenly the Rav's face turned looking sad. He looked so sad, and he says, but today, we don't have the Beis HaMikdash and the special Nachas that Hashem would have from the Lechem Apanim is not there anymore. So Shimon came home and he said to his wife, you know what, I have an idea. How about we make Lechem Mishnah for Hashem? Make two chalas, we'll bake them the best possible way, use the finest flour, we'll sift it 13 times, that's so fine and so good, and we'll serve it to Hashem. And Hashem hopefully will take it. And that's what she did. They prepared it, they had a, their own oven in the house, and they baked it and it really smelled delicious. He took these two loaves and Friday afternoon he went into the shul and he went to the Aron Kodesh to put it there for Hashem. And as he's standing in front of the Aron Kodesh, he says it filat Hashem, shalaylam. I know you like to get the lechem upon him, but you don't have it anymore because the Beis Mikdash was destroyed. But I'm bringing you 
delicious chalas. Please accept them. Please. And it should be for anachas for you. And he left the shul. A short time later, the shamus, the one who cleans up the shul, came in and he smells the delicious smell of chalas. But he doesn't see anything. He followed the smell, he traced it, till he comes to the Aaron Kaidash. And he sees a chalas there, and he's so poor, and his family doesn't have any food for Shabbos, just a little drop. He didn't ask any questions. He just grabbed the two chalas, and he put it into his bag, says, I'm taking this home for my kids. And he just took it, no questions. By night, everybody came to Shul to Daven, Kabbalah Shabbos, Mayriv. After Mayriv is over, everybody left. And Shimon was so curious to look into the Aaron Kaidash and see, did Hashem accept my delicious chalas? And sure enough, he opened up the Aaron Kaidash, they're gone. Yay! Thank you, Hashem. And he came running home, telling his wife the good news. Hashem accepted our chalas. Hashem enjoys them. They're delicious. He says, next week, please make the chalas even more special. Because I don't know what else I can bring Hashem, but this I see Hashem enjoys. Hashem likes your chalas. And that's what they did week after week after week. And the shamas would come and take the chalas and he would see after davening that it's gone. Everybody's happy. The shamas is happy. Shimon is happy. His wife is happy. Everybody's happy. But then one Friday, something happened. He came to shul as usual, but he didn't know that there was somebody in the shul. He was always careful to do it secretly, because what I'm doing is between me and Hashem. Nobody has to know. The Rav happened to be in the shul. Why did the Rav come to shul? He was reviewing the Devar Torah that he's gonna say the next day on Shabbos in the shul. So while he's reviewing, he thought it would be in the shul. As he's standing in the shul by the bima, the door opens. Shimon walks in with all excitement and simcha and joy. He didn't even bother to look at the bima to see that someone's standing there. And he walks straight to the Aaron Kaidash, takes out the two chalas, and the Rav is watching all of this puts down the chalas into the Aaron Kaidesh and closes it and says his tefillah to Hashem. I know you enjoy the lechem upon him <coughs> from the base of Mikdash. And now that you don't have the base of Mikdash, I'm bringing you these delicious chalas. Please. I ask you, I beg you to accept them. This is what he said every week. 
Suddenly, the Rav walked over to him, and he got shocked. He really didn't know that there was someone else in the shul, especially not the Rav. And when the Rav realized what he was doing, because he heard how he was davening to Hashem, the Rav said to him, very, very sorry. This is a, an awful mistake what you are doing. Do you really think Hashem is eating your challah? You think Hashem has a physical body? You think Hashem needs your food? This is such a foolish mistake. And just then, as they were speaking, the Shamus walked in. And the Rav says, Shamus, you came probably for the chalas, right? <clears throat> well, say thank you to Shimon. He's the one who's bringing it to you every week. Right, Shamus? Right? And the Shamus said, yes, I'm the one who takes it every week. Shimon feels devastated. He could not believe that this is happening, that this is true. And he said to the Rav, I want to do tshuva. I thought I'm doing Hashem a favor all these weeks. Now I see a, I did a big sin. During this whole conversation, which took a while, suddenly the door of the shul opens up. A shaliach comes from the Arizal to the Rav and says to him, I have a message for you from the Arizal. They didn't call him Arizal in those days. Zal means the Kreinal of Racha. After he passed away, we call him Arizal. His name is Reb Yitzchak. <clears throat> I have a message from, for you from the Arizal. <clears throat> the Arizal just sent me now to tell you to go home and say goodbye to your family. What? Yeah, you heard me. He said, say goodbye to your family because tomorrow, at the time you're supposed to give your drasha, your dvaitaira, you're going to pass away. What? Why? For what purpose? And the Rav didn't waste a second, ran quickly to the Arizal to ask for an explanation. He comes to the Arizal and he says, what happened? Did I sin? Did I do something wrong? He says, absolutely. Do you know that you took away from Hashem a great pleasure? Which? Since the base Hamikdash was destroyed, Hashem did not have the pleasure of the lechem upon him. Until Shimon would come, Shimon and his wife prepared lechem Mishnah, two chalas every week for Hashem, with so much simcha, with their whole heart. It gave Hashem so much pleasure, just like the lechem upon him in the Beis HaMikdash. And now you ruined it. You spoiled it. You stopped it. And there's nothing you could do to fix this. 
And he went home, and that's exactly what happened to him. And the reason why this story is told is to show us never to make fun of something that someone does with his whole heart, with meaning. He means it so well. In the Sefer where I read it, he brings something similar to this. He says there was a Kayin who used to daven, who used to say Birkas Kayanim with all the Kayanim. You know what they do on, on the Duchen, on Yom Tif? And this Kayan was a Pashtiyid, and instead of saying, Yivarechacha, Hashem Yishmerecha, that Hashem should bless you and protect you, he used to say, by mistake, Vishmedecha, with a Dalit. Vishmedecha means to destroy you. And the Rav of that shul heard him and said, You can't be up here anymore. Please, go down. When all the Kayanim do it, you don't know how to read. Please. I don't know the exact words that he said to him, but he told him not to duchen anymore. And they told him in a Shemaim, they said to the Rav, you better put that Kayan back up there. If you don't, you'll get severely punished. Now, I know and you know that the Kayan was making a mistake. But what did he do? He meant v'yishmerecha. He meant it with his whole heart in a good way. Because Hashem looks at your heart, what you mean. When you daven, you say it with feeling, that's what counts. And when you speak to Hashem, you know Hashem is listening. And when you do something for Hashem, even if it looks like small, eh, too little chalas, when you do something, you say extra capital tillim, or you learn a little extra, or pay attention to your davening a little better, you should know this is for Hashem, the greatest pleasure. Have a great day.